It's not going to keep us away from the second half of Main Street Sports today. On this Friday, coming up, we'll be joined by Landon Seacrest. Talking a little NBA Finals. The Celtics up two games to one ahead of game four tonight, also in Boston. We'll look ahead to the weekend, what we're looking forward to, sports, entertainment, and more. And we've got college football coaches, ones that we thought would be a hit, but we're not. That's right. We'll talk about that and much more here on the second half. Back to the Hall of Famer, Mo Patton, and the Sundrop Kid from Alabama, Chris Yao. Gentlemen, a quick update on the Super Regionals. Now the top of the ninth, East Carolina 13-7 over Texas. So three or less outs away for East Carolina to win game one. And they're into the top of the third. Oklahoma still leading Virginia Tech three to nothing. There you go. All right. It is a Friday, second half coming your way. Uh, if do you guys follow at CFB Nerds? You should. No. They're, they're, I haven't heard of it. Is a fantastic follow Sounds for like one. fun though. Um, analytics driven discussion and reasonable debate to the college football world. Okay. Uh, there's no such thing as reasonable, reasonable debate in the college football world. But Kelly Ford of Kelly Ford Rankings um, had they, they retweeted this from Kelly Ford, and I thought it was a fantastic uh, graph here. The toughest schedules in college football for, for this upcoming season. Of the top ten, eight. Of them are SEC schools. Makes sense. Eight of ten. Eight of ten. of the top ten have less than 0.5% chance of going undefeated. wonder how many of them play Alabama. Oh, probably all, all of them. All of them. All but maybe one. No. I get, well, Vanderbilt probably doesn't. Maybe South Carolina. Yeah, it's one, two. Well, either Vanderbilt or three, South Three, four, five of those ten are from the SEC West. So. Well, then the others have to play Georgia. Georgia. Who are the defending national champions, by the way? <laughs> Who beat Alabama? Yeah. So I, I mean, this is, <laughs> and, and then you've got Tennessee, who has to play both. <laughs> yeah, Auburn has a point one percent chance of going undefeated, and that's they also play they both. Play Alabama and Georgia, yeah. So, and that's, <laughs> man, how incredible is this? Like I. Was was Vanderbilt's chance a uh, Mr. Blutarski zero point zero? No, zero point two. They have a they have a better chance of going undefeated than both Auburn and Mississippi State. All right, anchor down, baby. See, he's so got applause, but he doesn't have chance. dings. Yeah, that's still. what came with it. I'll get your dings next. He week. does for the applause. <laughs> yeah, hey, all of the outside of and see, Alabama has a point nine percent chance. Point nine percent chance of going undefeated. Georgia, a 2.3% chance of going undefeated. I wonder what Alabama's chance of going undefeated was before Nick Saban's comments regarding Texas. Ah, well, there's that. Hey, it, uh, <laughs> of, the, of the top 40 toughest schedules, all 14 SEC schools are in the top 40. Because they play each other. So who's 14th, the least toughest? Georgia. Game? Georgia. Has a 2.3% chance of going undefeated. That's yeah. because they're so good and they play in the East. Well, it's, it's, yeah, so part of this is your schedule. Part of this is how good are you? Mm-hmm. And so Georgia has the best chance of all uh, SEC schools of going undefeated. Yep. Kentucky has a better chance of going undefeated than Alabama. 
How do you like that? Kentucky. Yeah. Well, that's not true because they have to play Tennessee and well, they can't beat them. So <laughs> there's that. And it's at Neyland this year. It's not at Kroger Field where they had at least some sort of a chance last year. They've won in Knoxville though before recently, not too long ago. Yeah. But they've also won like three times in the last 35 years. So yeah, but those three have been in the last 12. Decade. Yeah. At least, right? Still. Let's do it. Vanderbilt has beaten Tennessee more than Kentucky has. That's true. So <laughs> I'm not real worried about UK, even though, I, I mean, I'm semi a fan. I, I'm not, I'm not worried about them till they can do it consistently. If they beat us this year, great. That's, that's wonderful, but uh, not worried about it. What do you if classify Kentucky as did, If Kentucky doesn't beat Tennessee this year, they're not going to for a while. Right. And Tennessee, but this is a good Tennessee team too. So you've got to think about that. But um, yeah, I mean, Kentucky's just not there for me. I, you know, Kentucky, I think, is to the point where they're eight and four, nine and three, pretty consistent. consistently. Yeah, but, but they're going to lose one of those Florida four. Or one of those three is going to be Tennessee. I feel like, and the other is going to be Florida and Georgia, <laughs> which isn't a bad place to be, so, given the history of Kentucky football. So this kind of leads into where I was going because Mark Stoops is one of those guys that you didn't necessarily think was going to be a big hit at, well, at Kentucky. Well, in general, you just didn't think he was going to be able to, you know, have a that great of a career. And he's turned it into a pretty solid career at Kentucky. At Kentucky. And it's not easy to do. I mean, he's, is he the winningest coach in Kentucky history now, or he's still chasing Bryant? Uh, it's close either way. Yeah. He's either just recently passed him or he's going to pass him this year. Yeah. One of the two. I mean, this is a guy who who is going to make his career at, at Kentucky, and you know, more power to him. Great job, because again, go somewhere where you can be the man. <laughs> don't try to don't try to follow anybody. Don't try to uh, just go somewhere where you can. You know, and here's the thing: is you've got basketball that mm-hmm. really, you know, that that takes the the cake when you're talking about, you know, the the angst. Of Kentucky fans, He's a little of the pressure. Takes uh huh, yeah, a lot to, less pressure. To your comment about being the man, what is it? Matt Rogers told us one time, "Go where you celebrate it, not tolerate it." Go, Mark Stoops. A lot to be said for that. Hundred and twelve wins at Kentucky. That's got to be more than Bryant had. Bear Bryant, eighty-eight. Okay. Jerry Claiborne, ninety. Fran Kersey, one hundred. Wow. Oh wait a bit. I might be reading. Yeah, yeah. Oh no. How many? Uh, I'm, how no, many? I'm. I'm. I'm this key is odd. Gotcha. Yeah. Give me a second. I'll get back to that. Well, anyway, uh, my, my what I was going for in this segment is completely mm-hmm. off, opposite of this, but I, I just happened to see it. But you know, a college football head coach at a high-profile job we expected to be awesome, and they completely crashed and burned. And uh, you know, obviously, that's <laughs> it's not what we got with Kentucky. Bear Bryant, 60 career victories. At Kentucky. At Kentucky. Mark Stoops, 59. Okay. That makes more sense. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think he'd won. Those were games that ah. I was reading, not not wins. So, yeah, it threw me off. Because I couldn't see the top of the column. Yeah. He will certainly pass him this year. Uh, he better <laughs> pass him this year. <laughs> Yeah, that pressure that we just talked about not having, he will certainly he will have, have some. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, 
But yeah, so uh, you know, some college football coaches that we expected to be great and were not. Um, off the top of my head, I I thought. Um, I'm interested to see what you're going to come up with on this. Well, it was off the top of my head, and I'm trying to think of who it was. It was uh, Rich Rodriguez. Where at Michigan, coming off of his success at West Virginia. Thought he was going to be a, and and I think he's going to be good at Jacksonville State because I think that's the level that he can coach at successfully. But I thought, I mean, obviously nobody knew that Pat White and Steve Slayton were, you know, going to be superstars like as they were, and they made him a career. Clearly, and and who knew that those guys were you know, generational type guys. You felt like Rich Rodriguez had more to do with it than clearly he did because it didn't translate. Well, it didn't translate for them, but it didn't translate for him either. Well, I mean, it didn't translate for him, you know. So he, didn't he did have, not take that to Michigan. Right. So, but, you know, they didn't necessarily succeed at the professional level either. So maybe they were just perfect for one another. I, I, I they they really were perfect for his system. Mm-hmm. And you don't have a lot of guys like Pat White and Steve Slayton in Michigan. That's not what the Big Ten is known for. He would have been more successful at Alabama than he would have been at Michigan. Well, they were also playing in the Big East too, right, at that time? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. But it, it's still just the, the style of player. Yeah. I mean, Pat White chose West Virginia over Alabama. He was recruited by Mike Shula to go to Alabama. And play quarterback? And play quarterback. And chose to go to West Virginia instead because Alabama was after a guy named Tim Tebow. Well, they and, right and they got neither, huh? <laughs> and Mike and Mike Shula would have never used Pat White the way that Rich Rodriguez did. True. So anyway, the the, the long and short was I, I thought Rich Rodriguez was going to be better. I'm going a little lower profile, but I'm going with a little less risk. And this guy came to me as soon as you brought this up. Turner Gill. Yeah. When he went from Buffalo to Kansas. I thought he was going to kill it. Yeah. Charlie Strong. I mean, relative to Kansas killing it now. Sure. I mean, but he didn't even do that, which I think was probably less Turner Gill and more Kansas. Uh, probably. But Charlie Strong. I thought, man, this guy's a fantastic defensive coordinator. He's going to go out to Texas and just kill it. Did yeah. not. <laughs> Willie Taggart. Now, the only thing about Willie is he was he went from he had never been a coordinator. Well, he was decent at Oregon, but Florida State, I think, that was, was a such trailer. a cesspool. I, everything I was know. a trailer yeah. fire there. Yeah, everything. So, yeah, Justin Fuente. When he moved from Memphis, Memphis to, 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 um, to Virginia, Virginia Tech. Tech. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. So um, while Chris gets himself together, we are going to take a break here on Main Street Sports today. When we come back, we've got Landon Seacrest at Seco underscore sports on Twitter. We're going to talk a little NBA finals as the Celtics and Warriors try to wrap things up. You all right over there? Okay. He's I think good. I'm good now. Yeah. He's good. He'll be better when we come back. Come back with us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. 
Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Are you an enthusiastic sports fan? Want to have fun and get in on the action? Heck yes, that'd be awesome. Have great attention to detail? Want to stay active? Definitely. Want to give back to the student athletes in your community? Obviously, yes. Then you'd make an excellent high school sports official. We need more officials in Tennessee. Because with no high school officials, there are no high school sports. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries, and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Coming back at you couple segments left looking forward to talking a little nba here with landon seacrest as we get into the nba finals game four coming up tomorrow night on abc as the boston celtics currently with a two games to one lead over the golden state warriors i'm sorry 8 p.m tip on abc not tonight it's uh is it tonight? It is tonight. That's right. They go back to get Golden State for a Monday game five. So you're right. It is tonight at eight o'clock on ABC. So raise your hand if you thought the Celtics were going to be up two games to one right now. Yeah, nobody. <laughs> Landon Seekers now joins us, though. And Landon can tell us a little bit about how the Celtics have gotten to this point uh, against probably the heavily favored. Golden State Warriors. So, Landon, welcome in. Heavily favored coming in. Yeah, well. Certainly, probably not so much. But <laughs> That's yeah. right. Thanks for taking some time with us, buddy. Hello. It's it's surprising to me that the Celtics are up 2-1. I was not expecting this. I, I believe I predicted the Warriors to make the finals and win the finals in one of our prior segments. But, I mean, the, the Celtics are just blowing everyone away. I mean, Jalen Brown is emerging and it looks like he's better than Jason Tatum. It looks like Steph Curry has no help, which is surprising because he's a three-time champion. There's just so many unexplainables in this series so far. 
one of those unexplainables is that Draymond Green hasn't necessarily been Draymond Green throughout the course of this series. Uh, where and and any any semblance of physicality, I guess, with this Warriors team starts with number twenty-three. You're right, and it seems like Draymond's focus is not on basketball, but it seems like. Draymond isn't even the same Draymond that he was in years past. We haven't known him as a scorer, but he impacts the game in different ways. But I think he has less than 15 points this total series, and he's really not even impacting the game in any other ways. He's not being a defensive, the defensive anchor that we usually think he is. So it's kind of it's kind of weird to see how Draymond is playing, and he's kind of focusing on everything besides winning the finals. And, and the thing about that for, for Steve Kerr and the Warriors coaching staff is you can't scheme because you don't know what he's going to bring or not. I mean, the, the lack of his consistency in his play really has to make it tough for them to figure out how to attack these Celtics otherwise. You're exactly right. And like I said, Usually Draymond could help out on the defensive glass where they've been hammered. And it seems like the Celtics are getting all these offensive boards and getting second chance opportunities. And we know the Warriors aren't going to get taller, but they usually beat you with that physicality led by Draymond Green, like you said. But it seems like it's just not there in this series so far. That's got to be frustrating. I mean, if you're a Warriors fan, certainly if you're a Warrior. Right, right. It's it's definitely frustrating from a fan's perspective, but the Warriors, I mean, they're accustomed to getting to this stage and performing at the highest level. Draymond, Steph, Clay, everyone that's been a part of those Warriors championship teams, they've expected to produce, and it seems like only Steph Curry is producing, and he's not even really doing it for four, four quarters. He's doing all he can, but Clay is spotting up and not making jump shots. Draymond is, has his head in other places. I mean, where is Curry going to get the help from? Well, it probably not from Clay Thompson. Who, <laughs> let me tell you, Celtics fans are. I, I love. I'm loving this. Clay Thompson and Draymond Green are obviously the uh, targets for Celtics fans. How about this injury report? Clay Thompson uh, questionable. Got his feelings hurt. <laughs> I, I mean, this. Uh, that's one of the things that you don't really understand about Boston until you're there, especially in a series that, that in, in a final series you're coming from, you know, golden state has played Dallas, which eh, and Memphis, which Memphis fans were just happy to be there and they were excited about their team, but they weren't worried about your team. Boston fans don't give a crap. They, they're coming at you. They're coming after you, and you have to feel, figure a way to deal with that uh, on the road. And obviously, they had no answer for it <laughs> in game four. So how can they deal with it tonight, or will they be able to deal with it, or will the Celtics run away with this one as well? I think, I think the Warriors do shake back and really show that mental toughness that we're accustomed to seeing them have. I mean, Draymond Green just has to get his head back on straight, plain and simple. But Clay Thompson, I mean, we're, he's not known as a talker, but you saw in the post-game conferences, you know, he expressed that his feelings were hurt and his mind is on the Boston Celtics fans. But we know Clay Thompson to lock in and go for 37 in the quarter. So 
I mean, I believe that Clay Thompson can lock in and do that. And we know what Curry's going to bring. He's brought it all series. But I think the Warriors are going to win this game four. And I think it's a must win for them because if they don't, Boston's going to run away and win the series. Absolutely. I think the question, though, Landon, is once you start acknowledging the fan base, haven't they already won? Definitely. I believe if you're focused on the fan base and you're listening to what they say and you're already a three-time champion, that's something you should not be worrying about. And you've been here so many times. So it's kind of puzzling to see the stars like Clay Thompson and Draymond Green. Steph Curry hasn't said much, but see those stars focused on other things besides winning the finals. I mean, it's, it's just puzzling from a fan perspective, and it's got to be frustrating for Coach Steve Kerr. At the same time, it's got to be fantastic for the Celtics. I mean, I, it, it feels like this fan base has really taken on that six-man type mentality, and they obviously are imp- having an impact. And you know, I, I just don't know, Landon, if they can shake that. I mean, you'd like to think that the Golden State Warriors have been in these positions before and, and they know what it takes and that kind of thing, but the fact that they are that this is even a factor makes you wonder if it is something they can overcome. And, you know, with Boston having won, what, game one in yes. Oakland, San Francisco, wherever it is that they play now, they've now got the home court advantage. And so, like you said, Golden State's got to steal one in Boston, and ideally tonight would be it because going down three to one, even if you've got two more back at your place, that's not real comfortable. You're exactly right. And we've seen throughout the series, Tennessee alumni, Grant Williams, he's getting in Draymond's head. I mean, led by Marcus Smart, the Celtics have that hard-nosed defense, but it's kind of rubbing off on those other role players like Robert Williams and Grant Williams, and they're kind of taking on that mantra from the fans and they're feeding off of each other. And it really has the Warriors shook. Listen, Grant Williams has played nothing but tenacious defense in this entire postseason. Every time I watch the Celtics, I watch this guy take on uh, some of the better players, offensive players on their opposing team. And he is relentless in his defensive pressure. And, uh, you know, a lot of times – if you're not used to that, it's it's hard to – and a, a guy like Grant Williams, if, it, if his stature is hard to, to power through. I mean, you ha- it, the Warriors don't have a whole lot of big guys. They don't have a lot of exactly. strong guys, which is one of the reasons that the Memphis Grizzlies should have been able to <laughs> take care of them, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Um, but you know, Jalen Brown, you mentioned Jason Tatum and Marcus Smart, first trio uh, of for, from a team to have 20 points, five boards, and five assists in the NBA finals since Kareem Magic and Coop did it in '84 for the Lakers. That, I mean, they're doing it at all three stages of the game. I all mean, of Jason it. Tatum had a bad game one, he's dishing out assists to his teammates, Jalen Brown is killing it on all three levels. And Marcus Smart is bringing the defense, but he's scoring, which makes the Celtics so dangerous. Game four tonight, um, 8 o'clock. Should be interesting. I mean, you you hate that backs-to-the-wall type cliche, but uh, really this is one Golden State's got to have. And I don't know how how exactly they go about getting it, but – 
you know, coming off this 116 to 100 loss to Boston in game three, they, they got to figure something out. For sure. The Celtics will wear their association jerseys, which are the old school, big, you know, white jersey, big Celtics across it. No, no frills, no nothing. White and green trim. It's, they are, they are not expecting to come back to Boston without, with, right. without a trophy. Not. They're not. And I think that's, that's the thing is, you know, you went into this series thinking, okay, Golden State's got this. Well, somebody forgot to tell the Celtics because they, they truly believe, especially after that game one win. And maybe that's why they believe it, but they, they truly believe that this is their series to lose. What's funny is none of these games has really been close. Boston 120 to 108 in game one. Golden State 107-88 in game two, and then again, Boston 116-100 to on Wednesday night. So what's that? That's 12, that's 19, and 16. So, I mean, we have yet to see a game decided by fewer than, than 10 points. That's crazy how, the, and, you know, and, the, and the way yet, it's fluctuated. And yet – the Celtics have made two more field goals, and both teams have the same amount of three-pointers in the series. So it's exactly. all about free throws. Well, it's just the yep. fact that it, they've made so many more in one game and so few and so in more, much less in the second game. It's evened out mm-hmm. because they've all been blowouts. Yeah. So it's really interesting there. And uh, Golden State plus 43 in the third quarter, Boston plus 40 in the fourth quarter. Because if you get beat up for three quarters, that fourth quarter is tough to play. <laughs> oh, uh, Landon Seacrest here with us on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Landon Seacrest joining us remotely from yeah. Rosemary Beach, Florida. Landon, how's Correct. it going down there? It's going great. I'm actually tuning in right now from my lakeside beach house. So I, I'm here. I'm enjoying myself, but I'm also enjoying talking NBA basketball with you guys. Well, Lakeside Beach House. Lakeside Beach House. Yeah, so he's Lake, got Lakeside on one side, the, beach on the other. The side. best of best both worlds. worlds. This kid killing the game right here. When are you coming home, man? I'll be I'll be home Sunday. Okay. Oh. All right. Well, safe travels coming back, and we appreciate you taking some time from the lakeside and the beach to be with us here on Main Street Sports today. We'll catch up with you. Thank you. Take care. All right. Spring Hill graduate, Belmont Rising sophomore, Landon Seacrest, joining us here on Main Street Sports today. We're really happy to um, have him as a part of what we do. Yeah, no question. He is uh, He's definitely the, the most knowledgeable basketball person I know. Uh, now, JP does have quite a bit of NBA he he watches more NBA than we do. I think. Yeah, I think he does. But I've got I mean, experience, it, but that doesn't necessarily. But you still watch it more than we do. I, I think you Maybe. enjoy basketball a little bit, NBA basketball a little bit more than we do. It's interesting. Not much more, but I'll I'll watch some. I, I watched enough while covering the Bobcats. You know, I watched every game for five straight years. So it's a lot. Yeah, and, and watching the Bobcats and watching the Bobcats will exactly. cure you of wanting to watch much NBA yeah, basketball. Exactly. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Had enough for a lifetime. 
Uh, what are we looking forward to this weekend? We'll tell you when we come back here on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries, and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton. JP Plant, final segment of the week. Looking ahead to the weekend. It's your weekend look ahead, sponsored by your business here. Are you a eye doctor or glass maker? <laughs> they would like to the spon- outlook. sponsor our look ahead to the weekend. Then Boy, do we have a deal for you. We got a spot. <laughs> what uh, What's going on this weekend that you guys are, are most interested in? I'm going to the Sounds game tomorrow night, and apparently I've got sweet, S-U-I-T-E, not S-W-E-E-T. Not like Rick. Tickets. No, no, not like Rick. So, uh, Doing your best... Um... Balls head coach humble brag there, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, Did Peyton Manning set those up for you? <laughs> no, not quite, not quite. No, are you, no. you going to wear your uh, Sounds jersey and hat? Quite possible. Full, full on uniform. Quite possibly. Yeah, yeah. I might as well, right? I mean, if you can't wear it there, Mo, where, where can, can you, you wear it? it? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So yeah. Um, 
and Jody's Jody's oldest brother and his wife are somewhere between here and Florida, um, heading back to Wisconsin. So, so they're coming through tonight, and I think we're going to hang out a little bit. So, it's going to be a pretty chill evening, and then sounds tomorrow night, and in between, I'll probably be watching Super Regionals. So. I think Super Regional is what I'm looking most looking forward to. Obviously tonight, Blade Tidwell on the bump for Tennessee. I think that's a it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, the pride of Loretta. I will. I have two weddings this weekend, so Saturday and Sunday. Most of my time will be spent with that. Where and where? Uh, War Trace at my normal spot, Beauchevel, and the other at Allen Brook Farms in Spring Hill. Where? Allenbrook Farms yeah. in Spring Hill. Okay. All right. Should be fun. Should be fun. But the final USFL games at Protective Stadium this week. Final regular season games? Or? No, it's just the final games at Protective Stadium because next week they will have to be at Legion Field due to the World Games setting up So for opening ceremonies. So they will be at Protective Stadium for the final time this week. New Jersey Generals and Michigan Panthers uh, Saturday at noon on NBC. Birmingham Stallions, it's 5 o'clock kickoff against the Gamblers and Kevin Sumlin. That'll be on USA Network. The Bandits and the Breakers on Sunday at 3 o'clock and 6.30 kick for Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. So Now, where are they in their um, regular season? It is week nine, so this is the next to last week. Okay, so next week will be at Legion Field for the final, final week. week. And how will they do the playoffs? So it's uh, – one and eight? No, it's uh, they're doing semifinals. Oh, it's only the top four. Uh, but, it's, but it's it's not top four. It's division one, division one and two play each other, and the, the winners go to the championship. So, if you're the third team in the North Division and you've got a better record than the second team in the South Division, too bad, so sad. So it's divisions. Yep, they've got a North Division and a South Division. Birmingham has won the North Division. That's right. Birmingham has won the North Division. I'm sorry, South Division. Oh. Sorry, sorry, South. They, they, yes, sorry. So Tampa Bay, New Orleans, Birmingham, and Houston in the South. Obviously, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Michigan, New Jersey in the North. Um, but yes, yeah, so that should be. So Birmingham has wrapped up the the South. They are undefeated in their three games clear of New Orleans. That's correct. Wow. Um, the Generals are seven and one and leading the North. Their only loss, the last-minute defeat to Birmingham in week one. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> the Stars are 5-3, and three, and then both the Panthers and Maulers are 1-7, and seven, so this is pretty much decided. Looks like New Jersey and Philadelphia, yeah, they're, they, they are, they're in the playoffs, <laughs> and uh, the only different the – the, the number two spot out of the South is about the only. And they played this weekend. The Breakers and the Bandits do. The Breakers and the Bandits play this weekend. Oh, so. Larry Fedora. Yeah. Against Todd Haley. Spot. Okay. And Bruno Reagan. No, Bruno's hurt. Oh. Yeah, he, he busted his knee up and uh, against the Stallions, I think. Oh. And uh, done so, for the year. So he's done for the year. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but. It is unfortunate. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Trying to, uh, I think that Breakers and Bandits game will be good, uh, and then they'll be at Canton for the playoffs for two weeks. So the playoffs will all be at Canton. Yes, all three games over two weekends. Yes, the the championship game will be July second or third, I think, 
So it was Saturday semifinal, Sunday semifinal, and then the following weekend? Probably. Yeah. How do, what do you think about doing taking the second place in the division and not wild cards? I would think with as small group as it is, you would take the wild card, right? I would think as small a group as it is, you take everybody. You win you well, you could. You win your division, you got your top two seeds, and then the next best two records. Yeah, you can't you can't you can't take everybody because what what if Pittsburgh was to come out and win the darn thing and they've got they're they're four and nine overall and they're the champion. Oh hey. No, <laughs> you can't take everybody. Well, I mean there's something to be said for getting hot at the right time. Sure, but as already as as illegitimate as many people see spring football, you can't make it worse by taking a one in seven teams to the playoffs. Well, <laughs> it's like the high school playoffs in Tennessee. Hey, yeah, hey two hey, and eight. Hey, 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 easy. So, I, I mean, yeah. Well, but, I, to your point though, there's only one team that isn't in your top two that's even at 500. Because, again, the Stallions are 8-0, the Breakers are 5-3, and three, and then Tampa the Generals are 7-1, and one, the Stars are 5-3, and three, and then the Bandits are 4-4. Four and four. The Maulers, the Gamblers, and the Panthers, the Panthers are all 1-7. So That's wild, isn't even it? Even if you were going to take your two division champs and then take the next four, there's going to be a one. In, there's going to be a one in seven team. So what have we learned here? Mascots that are positive and not negative, obviously doing better, right? Stallions and generals, yeah, Stallions and generals, stars, as opposed to and maulers, bandits, gamblers, yeah. maulers. Yeah, that's <laughs> well, true. You, you, it, positive always wins in the end. Positive always wins in the end. Well, what about breakers? Yeah, they're they're okay too. Breakers are positive. Yeah, it's, it's a, just a, it's a like a surf a, breaker. Well, I right? know what. Yeah, yeah, it's not it's not anything yeah. negative. It's great for it's it's great for uh, surfers. There you go. <laughs> it's a positive for surfers. There you go. So there you go. It's like all I got. <laughs> not a lot of surfing or breaking going on in the waves in New Orleans, though. I don't I don't really know how. I don't know that they I've they, they were. I, I believe. Well, they were in Portland. They were. So that's where it came from. Mm-hmm. They just kept the nickname when they moved to New Orleans. Uh, sort of like the Utah Jazz. Exactly. Yeah. Or the Los Angeles Lakers. There you go. <laughs> final update, guys, on Super Regionals from today as we were doing throughout the show. East Carolina final 13-7 over Texas and Oklahoma still 3-0 over Virginia Tech. That threw four innings now. There you go. All right. That's going to do it for this week's show. We appreciate it. I will see you in, uh, what, week? Third, uh, 11 days, something like that-ish. Yeah, 11 days. On the 20th. Yes, back on the 20th. So thank you guys for hanging out with us. We appreciate it. For Y'all need to check us out next week as JP and I hold it down, and we've got a nice little roster of guest hosts. Should we disclose them or should we wait? I think you go ahead. Let's, yeah. let's, let's, let's put it out there. Monday, joining JP and I will be the godfather of Nashville Sports Talk Radio, George Plaster. On Tuesday, we will have Andrew Earl Moore in studio. Ooh. On Wednesday, our friend from the Williamson Herald, Charles Pulliam, will be in studio. Thursday, Teresa Walker will be 
Mike Side, and on Friday, News Channel 5 sports anchor Steve Lehman will be joining us for the full ride. So, should be fun. Should be fun. Looking forward to it. Come back with us on for our Monday. All those in the studio? I know. Um, Andrew and Charles in studio. The other three you will be bringing in. George will be in studio too, right? George. I think so. He probably will be. He was last time. I I didn't know. I didn't know if he was coming to Columbia or not. That's the assumption I got from him. But I I think we should confirm that. that. I just hope that you uh, put him in the same seat that I put him in and and ask him all the questions that – because he's not used to that. It's always fun to watch him. It's, it's fun to watch George squirm a little bit. It's fun to watch George answer questions instead yeah, of ask them. Exactly. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it. JP and Chris saying goodbye. And Mo saying? Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend.